Hello and welcome back to the show. This is Coach Man. Thank you very much for joining me for another episode. This week we'll be talking about El Clasico and we'll be talking about Pogba's place in Manchester United since it has been generating a little bit of controversy. Uh, we had Patrice Evra chiming in. Uh, we had Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher talking about it. So uh, I, I'd like to go in a little bit and, and talk about what his position is and, and some of the things that have happened in the past. Um, but let's just start off with El Clasico. Yes, guys, we had an El Clasico. Uh, one more time, Zidane proven to be uh, unbeatable in Cop No for the last six times. Uh, Zidane has not lost in Camp No. Let's just start off with uh, the formations. Of course, uh, in Barcelona, Ter Stegen and Umtiti still unavailable. Uh, they started out with Neto. Serginho Dest making a solid appearance. His first appearance in uh, the El Clasico Derby. At 19 years old, he played like a very, very mature player. Solid performance. Center backs were Piquet and Longley. Left back uh, Jordi Alba. Pedri making his El Clasico debut. Sergio and De Jong in the midfield. Coutinho as a left uh, wing. And then up front, Messi and the spectacular Ansu Fati. At 17 years old, making his El Clasico debut as a starter scoring getting on a score sheet and not only that he just started he was actually put in as a central forward alongside Messi huge huge responsibility at 17 years old not to just start but to actually start in a position that you're not comfortable with that you usually don't play in I mean what a phenomenal kid what a phenomenal future he has um, back on the other side with Madrid, Carvajal, Odegaard, Odriozola, uh, Hazard, and Mariano Diaz still unavailable. So Zidane uh, had a start with Courtois. As a right back, they had Nacho, Varane, and Ramos, the center backs, uh, Mendy on the left. They started in a 4-3-3, so the three uh, midfielders were Valverde, Casemiro, and Kroos. And up front, we had Casemiro, Vinicius, and Benzema. Uh, they actually played, Madrid played a 4-3-3 system all throughout. Uh, but there were differences in the back. When they when they start to build up their attack, there would be uh, three players uh, at the back with Kroos dropping really, really deep uh, to uh, create the attack. Now, um, let's, let's say, uh, let's just mention some of their performances in uh, the Barcelona team. Really, really impressed by Ansu Fati one more time. Uh, getting a goal, playing with Messi, always looking for the ball, always uh, looking to, to uh, produce something, be active, play short passes, try to create something. Amazing, amazing performance. I would say that he was the top performer in the Barcelona team, and that's a huge statement that at only 17 years old, you are Barcelona's best player in El Clasico. And mind you, you have Lionel Messi playing in the team as well. Pedri, again, uh, making his debut in El Clasico. He's a fantastic player, uh, really good talent as well, but failed to impress, failed to create anything special. Um, one player that I was disappointed with, of course, was Coutinho. 
again, he played well in Liverpool. He played very well in Barca in uh I'm sorry, in uh Bayern against that uh, against Barcelona with that infamous 8-2. He actually scored and he had an assist. But for whatever reason when he plays against uh when he plays alongside Messi, it's just they don't click. Uh something just doesn't work for Coutinho in uh Barcelona. And of course, let's let's just talk about Kuman and w- him waiting until the 82nd minute to make a change when he was down 2 to 1. 82nd minute he made three changes. He put in Trincao, Dembele and Griezmann. Again, Griezmann. Griezmann did not start El Clasico and this it, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. How could you not start Griezmann? And, and I'm not bashing on Kuman for not starting him. I don't think he deserves to start based off his performances. But when you have Coutinho, a guy that just returned from Bayern, you have Pedri who's making his El Clasico debut. You have a 17-year-old Ansu Fati that starts because you, Antoine Griezmann, are not in in top form. You have two players making their debut and you're on the bench. If I would be Antoine Griezmann right now, I would seriously seriously start showing up and and do something about it because this situation is is unacceptable as a world class football player you cannot have these things happen to you when you have a 19 year old uh you you have a 17 year old starting over you you should ask yourself some serious serious questions if i would be griezmann i i i would seriously ask a lot of questions of myself and and um find a solution because you, you can't and Barcelona as a club I mean how can you have this guy that you're paying a ton of money still on the bench and not have him start the games um poor form for the last a billion games and uh I don't know what the Griezmann situation would bring but it's pretty much like it, similar to uh the Hazard situation uh for for Madrid um Hazard at least was unavailable so you know there's that <laughs> but uh yeah pretty pretty sad again Zidane proactive uh made some changes uh switched Nacho Fernandez with Vasquez uh as a right back Vasquez has played as a right back before because it just so happens that uh Madrid's right backs are always injured or unavailable uh and and Zidane was in the past few years he was put in a position to uh have Nacho play pretty much virtually every position from left back to right back to central back if central midfield as well um you wouldn't think uh, of Nacho as being one of the top players in the world but he's a very indispensable guy very important guy just because you can play him in every position and he he provides you you can rely on him but on this particular situation on the left side he was constantly constantly put under pressure uh by uh, Coutinho's runs and uh Messi as well so Zidane decided to uh, replace him with Vasquez who has decent speed but always tracks back and he can do a phenomenal job as a right back he played in that position before he did it very well um again substitution wise Zidane was more proactive And again, this guy is an absolute wizard with substitutions. Look at all the games that he had since he's been in Madrid and the uh, the substitutions that he makes. 
It's incredible. And what I mean by that is that every single, almost every single time, not every single time, almost every single time that he makes a substitution, it ends up in a game winner or a major contribution towards a goal. He sees some things that a lot of coaches don't. He sees when when a change is needed and he knows exactly who to put in to make that change possible and make a, a difference in the way that the game is played. So what, he, what does he do? He changes Nacho uh, with with Vasquez. Brilliant move. It was needed. If Nacho would have been still uh, uh, on the field after the 43rd, of course, he got a slight knock. Maybe he was a little bit injured, but still. Uh, winner. Winning move. And talking about a winning move, he replaces Valverde, who just scored, with Luka Modric. And he replaced Rodrigo with... Uh, uh, he replaced Asensio with Rodrigo. And guess what? Rodrigo gets a pass to Modric in the 90th minute. Modric scores the third goal for Real Madrid. That's what I'm talking about. That's what it's all about. That's why they pay you as a coach. As a coach, you're paid not only to make the starting lineup, not only to make the tactics, but also to adjust in the game and win the games with substitutions. And Zidane is one of the best, if not the best, at using substitutions to his advantage. Every single time, look at every major important game. And you look, when something is needed, he sees it and he just makes that, that change. And immediately, immediately you see the results. It's He's a wizard. He is an absolute wizard. Um, and that... that that's what made the difference. In my opinion, That's that's that was the difference in between him and uh, Barcelona's Dutch coach, Koeman. Absolutely. Um, a lot of times, tactically, Kroos would drop deep from Madrid and would often try to play a perpendicular ball to Casemiro. Then Benzema would drop deep, receive the ball, and then play it to Valverde, who would make the run behind. Now, um, of course... Uh, Benzema is a very fluid player. Even when they had Ronaldo, they always switched around. Uh, Benzema would be on the left. Then he would be on the right. Then we would draw back um, in a central attacking midfielder position. He's so fluid, and he does a lot of things off the ball. He he uh, distracts the central midfielders and, and tries to keep them around so he can create space behind them. And that's what happened a lot of times. And that's where Madrid started to play really fast in the last third because they knew the spaces there. And that's how Valverde scored the first goal. It was because of Benzema creating that gap, creating that space behind them where Valverde can actually make a run. Uh, Barcelona, from the 4-4-2, they switch to a 4-3-3, a, a change that didn't help them too much. Because up front, it was only Messi and Ansu Fati doing the pressing. While Madrid had a three at the back in the build-up phase. And it was easy for Madrid to find uh, an available player and start a fast attack. Um, that's that's what it was. They, if, you know, the conclusion is Kuman got beat. Um, he got outclassed by Zidane, of course. Uh, substitutions made a huge difference one more time. And Zidane stays uh, undefeated at Camp No. Moving on.
there's been a lot of speculation and uh, most recently Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher and Patrice Evra actually making some um I I didn't think it was it was nice of Patrice Evra saying what he said about uh Donny van den Beek saying that uh we don't need him, we don't need him, but I think they actually do need him. They need him very badly uh because Pogba is not a top preference. You look at since Ole started as a coach, he he did not start as many games that he would normally start because of, you know, his uh, locker room antics, his uh, statements, and uh, his poor performances uh, at the club. I mean, they, they made some really, really good points about him, and uh, I'll address him right now. It was really, really interesting what Gary Neville said. He said, and I quote, It's obvious that Pogba likes to go forward, but it's also obvious that Fernandez is much better going forward. And I think you couldn't have said it in any better way. Obviously, what Pogba doesn't do is uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff off the ball. There's a lot of players that, that do a lot of things off the ball. He's not one of them. He struggles with defending. He struggles while being disciplined. Uh, and and Carragher underlined that very well. He said, I remember the first time I analyzed Pogba, and it was after a Manchester derby. And he was playing as a center mid, but at the goal kick, he was sitting on the left wing. He said, I can't believe that a player that's worth that much money doesn't know where to place himself at a goal kick. I think he's a great talent, but not a great player. And if after four years, we're still debating what's his position and how Ole can get more out of him, it's not a good thing. And I, I totally agree with Jamie Carragher here. Totally agree with that. It's it's uh, it's now, you know, he's into his fifth season right now for United. Um, it's it, And you're, you're still talking about not needing anybody. Well, he's still having, you know, it, it, he hasn't reached his potential per se right because look at his stats all right Let, let's look over his stats 113 games in a premier league and i'm talking just about the premier league now no other competitions right 113 games 25 goals 26 assists in five seasons so far last season he had 16 games one goal and three assists and in a, a, in a, a last in the last five games in a premier league he had zero goal contributions now, of course, last contribution by him was uh, an assist to Rashford uh, at the infamous PSG game that they just won. But besides that, in the Premier League, I, I, I think, it, you know, these stats don't justify the price tag that he came with, uh, all the hype that he's the next best thing, and he, he, never, he never confirmed. And they're still struggling to find a place. And how does he link up with Fernandez? Which Fernandez is an attacking midfielder. It's a totally different story. But as, but as a central midfielder. And a guy that's in a similar, similar position with him. Let's compare him to one of the best, if not the best, midfielder in a Premier League. Which is Kevin De Bruyne. Manchester City, right? The rivals. 156 games in the Premier League. 37 goals and 66 assists. In six seasons so far. In the last season, he played 35 games, 13 goals, and 20 assists in the Premier League. This season, in four games in the Premier League, he has one goal and one assist. 
and obviously needless to say like he's he's the top performer uh he's always a first choice with Guardiola there's no question about uh his defending anymore he there used to be a huge question with defending and and Kevin De Bruyne coming back to defend now it's all done he understands that he needs to run he he adjusted that's what happened he adjusted and Pogba failed to adjust Pogba failed to be disciplined and that's what Kevin De Bruyne has and if you're a central midfielder uh, I don't expect you to score 20 plus goals every season I don't expect you to score 20 goals in any season I expect you to have a lot of goal contributions and be heavily involved and especially track back in the transitions because you're a major major part of, of both attacking and defending you need to have stamina for days as a central mid and I, I believe that Van den Beek is 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 right there it's perfect he's perfect for Manchester United and can actually replace Pogba easily easily I believe that this young kid has has you, you don't you really don't have to uh, uh, work that much on him because he has these qualities he always tracks back in just four games so far in the Premier League he scored one goal very first game started off with a goal it didn't count because United still lost it doesn't matter it was a good morale boost for him I believe he should start a lot more games he is constantly involved in the build-up he constantly wants the ball uh, he's very creative he likes to go forward but also he's very disciplined he comes back he defends he tracks back uh, and he does what a midfielder is supposed to do and let's look at you know other options for um for Ole because um as I just said Paul Pogba is not his favorite midfielder and for the last two games in a row he didn't start important games against Chelsea he didn't start a game and uh let's see Fred right Fred's stats in Manchester United for three years in a Premier League and I'm talking about the Premier League once again only 60 games one goal one assist right Yes, he's uh he's very defense uh, oriented. Sixty games, one goal and one assist only. Yeah, he picked up the eleven yellow cards, <laughs> but that's pretty much it. So you don't need uh, Van der Beek, right? You do need him. McTan uh, McTominay, again stepped in a boatload of times when Pogba was either injured or he was out of form. He stepped into the plate. Sixty-two games in five years, six goals and one assist. Matic, again, veteran of the league. He's been in United for four years. 88 games, two goals, four assists. But this guy is only about the defensive side. He always plays just above the central mids and does an amazing job covering. He's totally different than McTominay, totally different than Van den Beek, totally different than Pogba. And let's talk about the main man in United, which I truly believe is... is Bruno Fernandes, 19 games in the Premier League so far, 19 goals, 9 assists. But he's a central attacking midfielder. You, you would never play him as a center mid. He's, his position is totally different. Uh, he, he came in as a result of uh, not having a solution to link up with the wings and somebody to create and score the goals and make runs behind the attacker Lingard was supposed to be that guy I mean I don't even know when was the last time that Lingard scored but 
he's he's been terrible. I don't I I believe he's definitely not Manchester United quality. No disrespect, but he can he can be a a first team option for somebody like Sheffield or something. But not Manchester United, not not anybody in the top five. I mean, uh, his performances have have been very very poor, and uh, I'm not sure what 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 are their plans with him, but. I just don't see Lingard prospering or improving dramatically uh, anytime soon. So do you need Van Der Beek? Absolutely. And we'll see that in the near future. I truly believe that this kid has uh, has what it takes to be a, a top prospect. He is a top prospect, but has what it takes to be a great midfielder. And uh, hopefully with a little bit of guidance and experience, um, I, I believe that he's he's going to be exactly what Manchester United needs at the middle of the pack because he can do both offensive and defensive side of the game. And that's very important. And I think that he can be uh, like a De Bruyne. He can be somebody like that, that creates and comes back, tracks back, and puts in 110% of what he has on the field. Those are, those are my opinions about the, the current situation in United right now. Uh, we have two days of Champions League, Champions League games, um, which I'll uh, do another episode in. But for right now, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Take care.